Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yes, this is Giddy Up. We're live here from Saudi Arabia once again on this Friday, the 23rd of February. Massive show coming your way. We'll preview all of the big meetings in Australia. Mitchie Lewis takes a look at Blue Diamond Stakes Day at Caulfield with two other group ones on the program as well. The Futurity and also the Oakley Plate for the sprinters under handicap conditions. Mitchie will also look at Morphville feature racing there, highlighted by the Cinderella Stakes for the two-year-olds. Chris Nelson looks in Bris- at Brisbane on a Saturday afternoon. Dean Watling previews Rose Hill. Peter Anthony's takes a look at that big card across there in the west at Ascot. And, of course, we will be taking a close look at Darwin with Andrew O'Toole. And Nick Ashman will provide his tips for the feature races in Melbourne and Sydney. Big night of harness racing tonight and also tomorrow night um, right across the country. There's even a really um, handy enough meeting there in Tassie on a Sunday. So Darren Carroll will join us to preview those cards. And it's one of the biggest nights in Greyhound racing on Saturday night with uh, the running of two Group 1s, the Australian Cup for the Sprinters and also the Fanta Bale for the stays. But the Saudi Cup will take, it'll be the highlight, I think, on the world racing calendar. This romantic worry going around in that Group 1 in Hong Kong with J-Mac to ride. He's got to overcome a wide gate there at Sha Tin on Sunday. But the Saudi Cup is one of the, the biggest races in the world. It's the world's richest race worth $20 million. It's competed on dirt. And it's basically a clash between the best gallopers in America taking on Japan's best dirt horses. And uh, I'm lucky enough to be joined on, from the top of the show by one of the best uh, racing broadcasters in the world. He's based in the US. He works for Fox Sports as their racing commentator, racing broadcaster. His name is Lafitte Pince. I'll get that right. And he joined me a little earlier on in the day. And I asked him his role basically being here in Saudi Arabia. Uh, we're uh, on the world feed. Um and gearing up to provide the best possible coverage of the world's richest horse race. It's still, you know, staggering when you think about it, even five years in, a $20 million horse race. You think back to when the Breeders' Cup was first introduced, one day, $10 million, and one race is worth $3 million. Like, that was, you know, astronomical. But here we are. And the beauty of this year is that the field is the type of field you would want to see chasing the winner's share of a $20 million purse. So basically, when you have a look at the field, it's it's America taking on the might of Japan. And uh, it comes at a nice time for the American horses. Obviously, you just had the Preakness. The, the Breeders' Cup was in November. But all of your superstars on the dirt anyway seem to be here. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah, you have from the... From the it's at this perfect sort of series that aren't connected but they work for the right horses from the Breeders Cup to the Pegasus the Saudi Cup potentially the Dubai World Cup and astronomical figures that are that are available for the for the runners this is the best crew of American runners I've seen in the Saudi Cup and the Japanese who ran one three four five last year which is that's that's awesome that's domination this crew is better yeah. of Japanese runners so just all in all for 
those in attendance, those watching around the world, um, a, a, this is going to be special seeing the, this type of talent on the track together, chasing that massive first. And the Americans under siege a little bit because you're the kings of dirt racing, mm -hmm. and Japan have been... <laughs> The dominating country in a way, especially like we've seen it here in Australia, that they've dominated on, on turf, they've won our Melbourne Cup, they've um, won Cox Plates of recent times, they go to Sydney and, and win our big races in the autumn. Um, but now they're starting, which is scary for the world, to, to dominate on turf. They, they won this race last year, they won a Dubai World Cup, they were competitive during the Breeders' Cup on, on turf. Um, and they haven't usually had that power, really, um, but they're coming now for the Americans. In, in short, they're not they're not messing around. No. They're, they're winning Breeders' Cup races. Uh, they're competing. There's now this road to the Kentucky Derby uh, via Japan. Last year, Dermot Sotogaki was the third choice at post time at 7-1. to one. Ran a very credible sixth. Um, you would think that when it comes to the global racing with the Europeans, their primary racing surface... They have an edge. Uh, massive races on dirt, global competition. The Americans are supposed to have the edge, their primary racing surface. That has changed in the last few years. Um, the, there's so much respect towards the sport, how it's revolutionized, the breeding, how that's changed in Japan. And this is not a blip. It's not a trend. This is going to be the rule moving mm. forward when you have the, the major events, the massive purses, the Japanese are going to be well represented. Can you compete with the Japanese now um, from an American point of view? Or they Have you got enough money in your home country? Um, because the sport, when you go to Japan, it's just different gravy in, in a way with the, the way that they do their wagering revenue. They're a one-government country. Um, the sport is respected in a way in Japan where... Um, a little bit like Australia, but I don't think we've got as many challenges as, mm -hmm. you, as you have at the moment in the States. Competition is a good thing. Yeah. And that's going to, you know, that, that's going to drive you to, to thrive to be better, right? Um, it's been, you've seen so many of our American terrific race mares, rude mares, mm -hmm. that the Japanese have acquired. Yeah. And we're just getting outspent. Yeah. That's the name of the game, though. It's a sport. It's a business. Hats off for them to the Japanese that are taking it that seriously, that are willing to invest that much, yeah. wanting to see the sport in Japan improve, the, the bloodstock and the blood, sweat, and tears that have gone into it. Now you're seeing the dividends. Now you're seeing the payoff, and yeah. clearly well worth it. Can the Americans win on, on Saturday night? Um, we'll start with National Treasure. He's been... Uh, um, he's won um, the Pegasus of recent times. He's a Preakness winner as well. He seems to be getting better. Is that fair? He's always, he was always tough. Now the ability is starting. He's maximizing his potential. Yep. Um, Bob Baffert says that he was immature. Um, and mentally, that's coming around. But physically, just because horses don't, reach their potential at three because we're all paying attention to the Kentucky Derby and the Triple Crown doesn't mean they don't have much improvement in them. Mm -hmm. National Treasure is one of these horses that has taken a little bit longer. You combine that with his figuring out what it is to be a professional thoroughbred and just how damn tough he is. Yep. The fight he put up against the eventual horse of the year, um, Cody's wish at Santa Anita in the dirt mm -hmm. mile, in the Pegasus to go that fast. He had every reason to lay down and just wouldn't. 
he's going to be a serious, serious threat. When you when you ask an Australian racing fan name name a, a racing identity in America, yep. Bob Baffert's the man that they all we all say. Um, and in recent times, he's had a, a very colourful career. Where would you say Bob's legacy is at at the moment? He is the greatest dirt trainer I think the sport has ever seen. Um, naturally, what's taken place over the past few years has tarnished an otherwise all-time great Hall of Fame resume. Um, with Medina Spirit being disqualified, I don't think it was anything... From a racing fan like yourself, Tom, mm-hmm. like it. Sure. Um, so how do you view now, Bob, with the way that he's been... Like you say, he's the greatest dirt trainer and his record speaks for itself. I don't think he was cheating. No. I don't think he was trying to take an edge. I don't think there was anything nefarious. I think that if you want to say maybe a little bit careless asleep at the wheel to a certain extent, delegating a lot of responsibilities. The buck stops with him, and it, in many cases, um, and it took him a long time to expect, accept responsibility for this, as you know, but certain things, they're, they're so, as minor as there are, as they are, there are rules mm. that are in place, and especially when it comes to races like the Kentucky Oaks, where he had an issue, and eventually the Kentucky Derby, um, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna drop the hammer, which is exactly what yeah. happened. I think he was yeah, guilty of to, uh, the phrase that comes to mind is just a, a little bit careless, asleep, careless. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that he has had the success he has had during the course of his career because he cheats. Yeah. Quote unquote. Uh, Wider Barrio, he's a, he's a. Is he a better chance than National Treasure? Would you yeah. say, yeah, he's, he's, the, the, he's the horse to be. He's the horse to be. If he runs back to his Whitney, if he runs back to his Breeders' Cup Classic, top-ranked North American thoroughbred, if Rick Dutrow says this is the best he's ever done, this is the best he's ever done. Yeah. Dutrow is very confident and brash, and he'll tell you that, but he doesn't say that of every, every horse he saddles. If he's saying it, he means it. Yeah. The road to that Saudi Cup winner's circle goes through by yeah. a barrio, but it's a long journey. This is a different track. He's drawn the one post with 13 to his outside. So $20 million, nobody's giving no. anything away. Uh, but I think he is the first to be. So Dutro's an interesting character as well. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the game for 10 years for doing... Um, he was disqualified for cheating. Um, how have you found his comeback? Obviously, you need a good horse. But do you think that... I'm always a believer that... Um, everyone deserves a second chance in, in the game. The Correct. He did the time. Yeah. There was the medication violations. There was the infractions. I think some of it had to do with his brashness. It was a heavy-handed suspension. I think most of the industry probably felt it was a little too heavy-handed. That is... Ten years is a long time. It is. And it's amazing that, like, there's a lot can happen with the way that the thoroughbreds developed and different training methods. Sure. Amazing horsemen. Yeah. Nobody's ever questioned his ability you can't as, as, that. as a horseman. No, it's like that sixth sense. He comes back. I think his first winner may have been the day of the Kentucky Derby in New York. It may have been that same first Saturday in May. And to think that he wound up in the winner's circle of the Breeders' Cup Classic just yeah. six months later is, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's something you might put in a script and nobody would buy it because it's not believable. Yeah, and he's a big, strong gray horse, um, the horse that he prepares. So will he be on speed? Because well, he likes it, to be perched just yeah. off the speed. Yeah, he likes that three wide stalking trip perched. He has a high cruising speed uh, where he doesn't have to 
be used too much early on. He settles into his position and then he just cruises yeah. and waits for his rider's cue. The rail's tricky. And if I was the other 13 riders, uh, if I have an opportunity to squeeze him, to put him in a tight spot, to keep him hemmed in there, I'm going to do so. Yeah. You know? Um, I think that's something he does have to be concerned with, is being race-ridden a little bit. When a rod, thank you. Dutro said, thank God we have a rod Ortiz. Arguably, he is one of the best jockeys in the world. He has to figure out a way to navigate, to somehow get outside the speed that emerges, yeah. uh, hoist the gold, and... Uh, Saudi crown and, and try to get perched third, fourth right off of them, but the other riders aren't going to make it easy. That's why it's a great game because there might sometimes I think we underestimate the, the athlete, which is the, the human element of racing. It's um, great jockeys can win you great races, so it's going to be fascinating, especially how it all unfolds because I don't think I've... Now I'm, we don't see too much dirt racing but when you have a look at the 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 resumes of these horses um, they champion dirt track um, gallopers there from Japan, you've got Dubai World Cup winners, Preakness winners Breeze Crown winners, it doesn't get any better this is truly a World Cup in a way the, I, when this field started coming together and I thought my White Barrio might scare off a few potential yeah. challenges and he, and, and he didn't, they are, they are stacked up and lined against him um, Lemon Pop became the fourth horse in history to complete the, the sweep of Group 1 uh, dirt races yep. for the Japanese Racing Association. You mentioned Ushba Tesoro, Dermis Hodagaki, who somehow runs second in the Breeders' Cup Classic after missing six months of racing that yeah. is completely unheard of. And the Americans, it's multiple grade one wins yep. and impressive, impressive resumes. And then seeing them all collide so far from, from home. Um, this is, uh, you know, this is, I'm sure, Prince Bandar and everybody involved who's done such a great job here. This kind of race they had in mind when the idea came together to begin with. It's hard to believe that, like, a horse like Lemon Pop, who's dominated dirt racing, Japan's not their number one seat, come in tomorrow. I, I wouldn't have, talking to the Japanese here, they don't believe he's the number one seat. I think there's concern about the distance. Yeah. I think that's the... So who's the horse to beat in your eyes outside of the Americans? Who are you scared national, of? Me, it's national. And listen, I don't, I don't root for horse A over horse B. No. Horse A is American and the other one isn't. Yep. I don't care. The no. best horse win, I want, I'm, I'm a television guy. Yeah, I want yeah. the best story. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's if I'm going to take a shot against White Barrio, it's going to be with national treasure. His improvement, how tough he is, his guts, and the idea that he's here. After he ran so hard in that Pegasus yep. World Cup, I didn't think there was a chance in hell we'd see him here. Bob Baffert, one of those guys who has that yeah. sixth sense, let the horses kind of communicate to him. To him, If he's here, it's because he's ready to bring his A game. Just the last one before you let you go. My mail is, from a local point of view, Carmel Road. Gallop beautifully on Tuesday. Obviously, you know him a little bit from America. He's got gate 14, but they seem to be pretty happy with that gate. Um, I'd rather be in the 14 than the 1. Yeah. Is there a chance of an upset? Because we've seen a few, like, um, last time Emblem Road won, he won at a big prize, and he won, like, like he won, like, um, Seabiscuit. No, <laughs> there's four runnings of the race. You've had the Americans that ran 1-2 the first year. Yep. You've got a, a, an English turf star the second year in Mishrift. Emblem Road shocked the world, as you mentioned, the local horse, and last year it was the Japanese, so the wealth has been spread out. Yeah. Um, I think that there's something to be said for horses that have experience and success on this track. Not yeah. all dirt tracks are made 
the same. This one is very different. It's deep. It's demanding. It's slower. So if you if you subscribe to the horse for horse theory, if the other horses coming in don't handle it, it yeah. kind of takes a perfect storm. I'd be I'd be real, I'd be shocked. But I was shocked with Emily Rose. Yeah. You know, nothing's impossible. Last one before we let you go. I know you're a busy man on a um, trip like this. From an Australian point of view, if you're an Australian racing fan and you could go to one American event, from a racing purist point of view, which one would you recommend? The Travers in Saratoga. Okay. Uh, I love, you know, the Derby, the Preakness, the Belmont, especially yeah. with the Triple Crown on the line, the Breeders. There's so many incredible events in North America, but for me, the Travers is just different in front of, you know, when American Pharaoh ran in the Travers there was, I don't know, 50, 55,000 there. Um, to me, it's the most important prestigious race meeting in North America, and that is their most prestigious event. We'll, we'll see you there, Tom. What date is that? Normally late August, last Saturday in, in August. It, they call it the, the Midsummer Derby, and it, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a Perfect. great Perfect. We'll fit in beautifully just before our spring carnival uh, arrives, and we'll see you for the Melbourne Cup. Before, You're just yeah, going to take the Breeders' Cup off, but that's okay. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. From what I understand, it, it, that might be well worth it. That's Lafitte Pinchet from Fox Sports in at the States previewing the Saudi Cup with me. And it is going to be a big race. The big grey horse, which we had a chat about, is the favourite and the solid favourite as well with Bet365. I think everyone expects him to be the horse to beat um, uh, come Saturday night. And I speak of the Breeders' Crown champion wider uh, barrio is the big gray horse in fact he'll have a breeze up would you believe on saturday morning before the race which is quite unusual so he's the horse to beat if he brings his american form he's going to be awfully hard to beat but national treasures a big chance as lafitte just pointed out the best of the the japanese is derma uh derma who's a very good horse on his day and um, he's been training well since he's arrived here at Saudi, and uh, he's going to, to give a wonderful shot in this race. And Carmel Road, I think, is the best of the locals. He worked the house down there on Tuesday morning, and he's had a big each-way prize, Carmel Road. He's one of my favourites since I've arrived here. So we'll continue on our chat about this uh, Saudi Cup weekend. Damien Oliver will join me a little later on, and then Ollie Bell will also have a chat to us from ITV Racing in the UK.